The 336th edition of the Four Corners Podcast starts right now. This is the Four Corners Podcast. I'm the luckiest guy in the world, I've said that, to be in Chapel Hill, to be at the University of North Carolina. We win 54 to 53, North Carolina did it. North Carolina wins the championship. With 20 seconds left to play, goes back to Michael Jordan, jumper from out on the left, good! The Tar Heels are going to win the national championship. Weber front court, Carolina with foul. He takes the timeout. They're out of timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul on Michigan. They're out of timeout. Front court. Williams on the drive. Gets it back out to head. Long outside shot. Short rebounded. May. It's over. Carolina has won the national championship. 89-72. And how about them Tar Heels? They are the national champions. I've been the luckiest coach in the world. Pump fake for three. Too strong on the shot. That's it. The Tar Heels are the national gadgum champions. Carolina has been tested and tried and been proven successful through all the years. And the way that we will play will be the Carolina way. My love for North Carolina, I mean, I love this school, I love these fans, and I love everything about it, and I would I would die for this school, I really would. Here are your hosts, Josh Marlowe and Anthony Pagnotta. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh and Anthony back with you guys once again today, here to get you ready for Carolina and Virginia Tech. That game will come your way on Saturday, 2 p.m., in Chapel Hill and will be televised on the ACC Network. We'll tell you everything you need to know about the Hokies, update you on all the stats regarding Carolina, talk about how important this game is for Carolina to win, give our keys to the game, and so much more. But we start every preview edition of the pod, as we always do with our pod thought of the day. And go to David Robinson. Standout player at the Naval Academy. Um, and, of course, the Admiral had a lengthy and successful career in the NBA with the Spurs. Mm-hmm. And his uh, and, and his thought is, quote, you're always going to face criticism. You're always going to face challenges. But those things are there to make you stronger and more committed. And after a two and three stretch, the criticism is high. Um, it's, 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 it's as loud as it's been this season. Um, a lot of people are beginning to doubt this team and what they're capable of doing down the stretch and the challenge is going to be how, how they respond. And so I thought this was an appropriate, uh, pod thought of the day going into, um, this Virginia Tech game because we're, we're really going to learn a lot about this team over the last six games of the regular season. I'll reiterate this after the same thing I said in the Syracuse uh, recap. Everything that this team wants to do is still in front of them. They can still win an ACC regular season title. They can still win an ACC tournament title. They can still be a one seed in the NCAA tournament. And they can still make the Final Four because we haven't started the tournament yet. And so all of their season goals... Um, are there uh, ahead of them. And starting with this game against Virginia Tech will tell us if they're ready to take this challenge 
head on. The Hokies in our 14 and 10, 6 and 7 in league play. And if you go back about a couple weeks ago or so, when we were looking at this Virginia Tech game, you were looking at it and, and thinking maybe this was going to be a, a, a team that was on the precipice of, of making the NCAA tournament. That's not the case. Um, they're nowhere near the bubble um, with the record that they have. Big reason why, they're just 1-6 on the road. And then as much as I talked about in the last game how hard it is to go and win on the road, Virginia Tech's a good example because they're 1-6 away from Castle Coliseum. Their lone win came at NC State. They do have three players averaging double-figure scoring. Sean Padula leads them with 15.8 points, four rebounds, four and a half assists. He shoots 41% from the field, 36% from three. Hunter Couture is second on the team in scoring at 14.5 points, 2.8 rebounds, 1.9 assists. He shoots 49% from the field, 44% from three. And then Lynn Kidd is the last guy to average double figures, 13 points, 6.8 rebounds, 1.3 assists. He shoots 64% from the field. And if you round up their shooting numbers, they shoot 37%. Uh, as a team from behind the three-point line, coming off a game where Syracuse was 8 of 17, Carolina will be challenged to defend the perimeter like we saw them do for the majority of the month of January. Um, and, and look, more importantly, as we've just grown, to uh, as, as we've come to know, Mike Young is as good a head coach as this league has to offer. Um, after a lengthy run at Wofford, he has carried over um, a lot of that same success with him to Virginia Tech. And even though this isn't a tournament team at the moment um, and probably most likely won't be, they're going to pose a couple challenges for Carolina. And this will be a game that Carolina has to go out there and earn a victory if they want to get their 20th win of the season. They certainly will because this is a team that right now is not a tournament team. But it's a team that with their next two games, if they were to find a way to win both of them, they could certainly get themselves into the conversation because you have Carolina on the road and then you go back home and you take on Virginia. So that's two of the top three teams in the ACC. If they find a way to get both of those games, I mean, yeah, then that conversation has to start. So that's got to be the mindset that that team is bringing in where Carolina – um, they're going to be motivated as well. So uh, hopefully, you know, Carolina, that th- that motivation shows out early. Um, but yeah, this is this is a team that, if you just look at the record, you would say, okay, th- this is not a good team. But the thing that is concerning about what they do and the way that they'll be able to attack Carolina is they're a really good three point shooting team. They're a team that has a successful big inside, and that's not a slight towards Armando Baycott. We've seen the last few games, Carolina's switched a lot, and it switches a guard onto a big. Lynn Kidd's a guy, we we don't talk a lot about him in the ACC. I know I haven't so far this year, but his numbers are really pretty good, especially for a traditional big man. I mean, the man hasn't taken a three the entire season, so he is as traditional as it gets for a big man. And then, of course, the element that we didn't talk about, there's there's a guy that is not in the starting lineup for them. He started some games for him, seven, so maybe he's gotten into their starting lineup uh, here as the season has gone along. Um, but 
Tyler Nickel is going to be a factor in this game because you would imagine that there will be a lot of motivation here. He was a guy that felt slighted by the fact that Carolina did not play him last year. He felt like he was uh, you know, a really good player coming out of high school that should have played. The rankings would tell you differently. Um, same thing with the with you know, I mean, I would imagine that the work ethic, um, because we've seen it from, you know, the guys that are currently on this bench, they found you know, they found ways to get into the lineup. Those guys last year did not. And who knows, maybe Hubert Davis has learned his lesson and last year really was him just being stubborn. But I find it hard to believe that the sense of entitlement from some of the guys that was on that bench probably didn't play a factor. But Nickel is going to be motivated to step up, play one of his best games, uh, you know, of his young college career in this one. So Carolina's they've they've got a challenge in this game for sure with a very athletic uh, and a very good shooting uh, Virginia Tech team. Yep, and look, these are the type of teams that traditionally give Carolina fits. Um, and Carolina's done a much better job this year at, at handling the the spacing because they they have improved defensively. Um, and while the other night was a temporary setback, there was always going to be a regression back to the mean because the way Carolina defended the first three weeks uh, of January, you you couldn't expect that to keep up and carry over over two and a half month long conference season. Look at this game from Carolina's perspective. They enter with a 19 and six record. They are 11 and three in ACC. Uh, in, in, in the ACC, they just now have a half game lead over Duke for first place. Carolina is 10 and one at home, where they average 89 points per game um, in the 11 games at the Smith Center. Of course, no new AP poll, so Carolina still seventh in the polls. But they have fallen down to 10th in Ken Palm, and they are 11th in the net. So um, while they've been, they've, they've remained in the top 10 of the poll, they have fallen to 10th or outside the top 10 in other metrics that, that are really, really important in the college basketball universe. Carolina does have four players that average double-figure scoring, led by R.J. Davis and his 21.4 points per game, 3.6 rebounds, 3.5 assists. He shoots 43% from the field. 41% from three. Armando Baycott second on the team in scoring at 14.2 points, 10.2 rebounds, 1.6 assists. He's shooting 55% from the field. Harrison Ingram third on the team in scoring, 12.6 points, 8.8 rebounds, 2.3 assists. He's shooting 45% from the field, 42% from three. And then Cormac Ryan, 10.6 points, three rebounds, 1.4 assists. He's shooting 37% from the field, 30% from three. After Carolina's latest game against Syracuse, they are averaging making 18 free throws per game. That's 12th most in the country, and they are average attempting 23.9 free throws per game. That's 16th in the country. So Carolina's taken a noticeable decline in that area where they were very much inside the top 10 in, in free throws made and free throws attempted a little bit uh, over a month or so ago. But the rebounding is still uh, where it, it, it's been. Carolina 10th in the nation in rebounding at 41 rebounds per game. And, um, you know, I, I think the free throws are something that, like there's a reason why I've kept that stat 
and Carolina's breakdown all season long because it tells the story. And this was a team that at one point was third in the country in makes, and I think they were sixth in attempts. And now you're outside the top ten in both makes and attempts. And um, not to say that 18 made free throws a game isn't good enough or 24 free throws attempted per game aren't good enough, but um, you know when you see the, the games that Carolina ha- has had in this recent stretch, they're not getting in the foul line enough, which means they're not playing with the same aggression that they played with the first month of the conference season. And yep, 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 when you yep. look at some of the struggles that they are experiencing offensively, that's a big reason why. Mm-hmm. Is because when you play inside out, you get teams in foul trouble, you live at the foul line, it's the most efficient play in basketball because you're literally scoring without the clock moving. But then, you know, the defense has to collapse, you're passing out of double teams, you're getting better looks from behind the three-point line, cleaner looks, you got more driving lanes. It just opens up the floor, opens up that end of the floor for you. And, um, you know, for Carolina, you know, to, to really get back to playing the way that we, 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 we got accustomed to seeing them playing, it starts with them being in attack mode offensively. Well, yeah, and look, you know, the adjustments have been made by the opponents. The 2-3 zone that we saw the other night from Syracuse made it extremely difficult to drive inside. So that that was definitely a factor. But, yeah, it's it's to me, it's about that mindset of getting to the basket. And we've seen this team become very three-happy, very perimeter-oriented, and – you know, we started to see it a little bit at times, you know, once we got towards the end of the winning streak. It was really when they started games, but the team would snap back into it. They'd figure out, look, we got to attack the basket. Here recently, it just does not feel like the team, they are settling for so many looks from the outside. And I told you when we were talking about the reasons that I was concerned about what I've seen from Carolina recently, I think the shot selection is has just been so concerning. There's their shots more often than not here in these last five games, you know, outside of the Duke game, I, I've watched the team and said, that's a bad, you know, that's a bad shot as opposed to a good shot. Where I mean, going back to, you know, the first twenty or so games of the season. I didn't feel like Carolina really had many bad shots. You know, I, I there, the, it was rare that I said, man, Carolina took more bad shots than they did good shots in a game. It felt like even though Carolina in certain circumstances, the shots weren't falling, they were still good looks. Where now it feels like a lot of the stuff is being forced, and that's because of what you talked about. When you don't attack the basket, the defense can literally just stand out and guard the perimeter and force you to take these tough shots. And we've seen that. And the other thing is, is that, yeah, not only are you not attacking the basket with your guards, you're not even putting the ball inside to your big man, who is, in in some of these games, he's establishing post position, but you're just not finding him inside. So, I mean, that's one of the things that Carolina has to be able to do is start being more aggressive attacking the rim because you've got the guys that can do that. We've seen that throughout his career from R.J. Davis. We've seen it this year, and we saw it at the high school level from Elliott Cadeau. We've seen it from Cormac Ryan this season, and even going back to his time at Notre Dame. It's honestly what when he's at his best, and it opens up those shots from the outside for him. So 
I think that's got to be you know something that Carolina gets back to. You got to get creative about how you're doing it. I I, I want to see more of the high ball screen. Like we see it at times in the game, but there are moments where it just completely disappears from Carolina's offense for four, five, six minutes. I want to see it more consistently because Armando Baycott is a tremendous screener and it does a really good job of freeing those guards up. So that's an adjustment I'd like to see Hubert Davis make as we start rolling into the final six games of the regular season. We've set the scene for Carolina and Virginia Tech. Coming up next, we'll discuss how important it is for Carolina to win this game and if this game qualifies as a must win, we'll give our keys to the game and of course we'll pick the game, but first... I'm going to give you a word from our partners. Hey there, Josh here for the Autograph Fandom app. Want to get rewarded for listening to our show? The team at Autograph, co-founded by Tom Brady, is redefining the fan experience by letting users earn points for the acts of fandom they take every day, like listening to this show. The Autograph Fandom app gives you access to your favorite UNC content in one place and offers rewards like tickets, exclusive merchandise, and much more. You're already listening to our show, but now you can earn points and get rewarded for it. Head over to the Apple App Store and search for Autograph Fandom Rewarded and download it today for free using the referral code HEELTOUGH. Link and code are also in our podcast description. Let's get back into Carolina, Virginia Tech. Of course, that game will come your way Saturday, 2 p.m. on the ACC Network. And look, Carolina has played a couple of trap games here recently. The game against... Georgia Tech, the game before the Duke game, trap game, Carolina gets beat. Clemson, not necessarily a trap game. It was trying to avoid the letdown factor. Carolina couldn't get it done. They lose at home to the Tigers. Or Tuesday night against Syracuse, definitely not a trap game. It was just a game that was on Carolina's schedule. Carolina gets beaten in, but you know the heels are 19-6. and they're, they're, they're two and three in their last five. The chances of them earning a one seed in the NCAA tournament right now kind of look bleak. Um, they fall into the two line on many bracketologists' latest brackets. For some guy, for some people, the, you, you'll even see them on the three line. This game happens to, to, to be the last game before you get a full week off before that all-important game at Virginia, a game that most likely will determine um, you know, if, if someone wins or gets a share of the ACC regular season title. So with that being said, is it fair to say that Carolina is faced with a must-win game on Saturday? I would say yes. Again, you need to sort of give it some pretense because it's not, is this a must-win game for the team to make the tournament, like some people honestly believe, which is still just mind-blowing. Is this a must-win game for Hubert Davis to stay off the hot seat, which is another conversation that certain people are wanting to try to bring to the forefront? Those are crazy. And in that circumstance, no. If Carolina loses, all of a sudden we're not going to say, well, this is this is the beginning of the end for Carolina and Hubert Davis together. But um, in terms of competing to win the ACC regular season title, um. To have an outside shot at that one seed, if they lose this game, I mean, the two seed, I mean, I'm not saying that becomes bleak, but then you're probably going to have to do some work to get back up to that two line. Although, who knows? Tennessee played a game last night. Joe Lenardi said 
last night, Tennessee, who is sixth in his overall seeds, he said if they lost the game to Arkansas last night, they wouldn't have fallen at all in his seedings. So, I, I mean, honestly, who knows? But to me, I would think you would you would probably see them drop to the three line. But more importantly, it's it's that race in the ACC. If they lose this game, that means you are eventually going to be a game behind Duke. You will be tied with Virginia, a place that you haven't won at in over a decade, heading into that pressure-packed game on the road. And then, I mean, that one doesn't, I mean, I don't know if I would say that's a must-win, but what would the scenario be going into that game if you don't win this one? You have to avoid losing three in a row. That's not a situation that you want to be in. So, yeah, this this kind of feels like it is a must-win for this team so that they can continue to push for those goals that they had at the start of the season. Um, the good news is, is that it's at home. I feel like there's a lot of motivation for this team to bounce back. But yeah, there's there's no way of avoiding it. This this is a must win for this team. It, it qualifies as a must win for regular season goals. Like it's it's hard to it's hard to see Carolina winning an ACC regular season championship if they lose this game. Like what you like about the schedule is you have four of six at, 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 at home, and you know bare minimum Carolina I think has to win all four of those games to realistically put themselves. You know, and keep themselves in the conversation to win an ACC regular season championship. I, I think you know the fact that you have a week off before this game. Um, I, I think it even adds pressure to you because there's really no excuse to go all out after the game. You're saying, yeah, well, yeah. you know, you you, know, you get a week off. Um, this is probably a game where Hubert Davis plays his starters extensive minutes if this is a close game deep into the second half, and yep. so. Um, again, I'm not I'm not panicking. Like I, I, I'm not looking at what happened the other night, and I'm not where many people are. Where now this team isn't good enough to make a Final Four. This team isn't good enough to compete for a national championship. I still think all of that is possible, but when you look at this with with the lenses of the regular season and wanting to get an ACC regular season title, which I value more, the program values more than winning the ACC tournament. This game, this game is a must-win for you to achieve all of those goals and dreams and aspirations. Let's get to our keys to the game and talk about how Carolina can get that win. Um, and the first key I have is is very simple. Carolina needs to get off to a fast start. You know, you, last time on your home court, you got punched in the mouth. You were down fifteen to two, three minutes and sixteen seconds into the ball game, and you eventually clawed back. You would eventually, you know, tie the game in the second half before Clemson would go on another mini run and beat you. Um, so Carolina needs to come out of the gates fast. The, the a part of this is the twenty one thousand seven hundred people that are in the arena can help with that. Um, oh, you're expecting sold out crowd. Uh, I mean, it's a Saturday afternoon game in the ACC. This is a top ten Carolina team. There's no excuses. The game is sold out, actually, by the way. And and, and look, I, I know that every game's not the Duke game. And we know that the Duke crowd separates its, it itself from the other crowds that we have in the regular season. You go back to the Clemson game, there was no life, no energy, no buzz in the building. And it was a home game against a, a quality opponent. 
Um, and Carolina at the time was ranked third in the country. Well, I mean, when you get down 15-2, to two, it's hard for the fans to really be thrilled no, the entire game. No, when when the ball was tipped off, there was no energy, no emotion, nothing from the, from the fan base. I disagree with that. Um, you know, you like you, you, you can set the tone in, in warm-ups by creating that type of environment because we've seen that this group of kids, this team, they respond to it. They feed off of it. And, and, and so – um, but you know the, the fan base needs to show up, show out, and 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 and, and give a good vibe in the warmups. That so when this team, when this when this ball was tipped off, they're ready to go. And, and you know I'm not saying Carolina's got to start 16-2, 12-2 type of run, but you you got down ten points on Saturday or on on Tuesday night in the first six minutes of the game. Part of that was that you weren't defending. And you weren't getting stops, but you also had another slow start offensively. You're back home where you average roughly 89 points per game. Carolina needs to come out, you know, kind of in that fifth gear and be ready to go and set the tone and let Virginia Tech know that even though they've lost two of three, they're not just going to lay down and let another team come into their building and get an upset victory over them. Yeah, well, the last two games, I mean, you've been playing, or the last two losses, excuse me, you've been playing from behind right out of the gate. That's the problem is that you've gotten down double digits and now you're having to fight yourself back into the game. And look, both games they did. But what did we see when Carolina got to the point of being able to finally take the lead? I mean, they did it a couple of times against Syracuse, but they weren't able to take the lead and run away with it. I mean, they would take the lead and Syracuse would grab it right back. You have to exhaust so much energy to get yourself back into the game just to get it tied or take the lead by one, that it just, you, you you run out of steam. So if you could get off to a fast start, that's that's one part of it, right? To me, it's, it's almost you need to have a complete first half. Because you even go back to the Miami game. They got off to a fast start in that game. They got out to a 10-2 lead, 12-4 at one point. But the problem was they let that team back into the game, and then all of a sudden it, you were in a dogfight. They did it twice, actually. Miami got down. It, basically, the same thing that happened for, to Carolina against Syracuse, the reverse of that happened against Miami with Carolina in the lead. So to me, you know, the first half is where it's really important. You need to get off to a fast start right out of the gate, but then you need to sustain it. If you get a lead like that, if it's if, if you get a six, eight, even double-digit point lead, you got to be able to hold on to it because you don't want to let this team back into the game because when you're going through stretches like this, that's when that doubt starts to creep back into your mind just a little bit like, oh, no, here we go again. We've seen this recipe so many times here recently. So I would love for this team to jump out early against Virginia Tech, gain a little bit of confidence, and maybe go into halftime with you know an 8, 10, 12-point lead. I, I think that would be huge. Well, a, a, a good way that they can do that is if they defend the three-point line um, as you know, as we mentioned, Virginia Tech shoots 37 percent from the field. You've got you know Padulia, Kator. Um, those guys can, can can connect from deep. Former Tar Heel Tyler Nickel, who was transferred to Virginia Tech, went back home and is, is playing for Mike Young. You know he's fourth on the team in scoring. He's emerged as a guy that can shoot the ball 
from from the perimeter and, and, and shoot it at a very high rate. And we saw we saw last year that when he got hot, he's you know he's as good a three point shooter, you know, as you could potentially find you know in in the conference. He shoots forty he shoots forty two percent on the season. I think you know part of Carolina's struggles defensively have been the way that they've 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 adjusted defending ball screens. The communication isn't quite where it needs to be, and guys are no longer fighting over it. Part of it also is is you ran into some teams that just got hot. Um, you look at some of the threes that Syracuse hit the other night. You you kind of lived with every single three that they made. You know there was three in the corner where you had a hand up. The guy just made the shot. Mm-hmm. JJ Starling throws up a prayer from thirty feet. It banks in. Like you know those those are shots that you you. If you make them, you live with them. If you if, if they don't, you're grabbing a defensive rebound and you're going the other way. Um, you know, we've seen Armando Baycott be much improved as a defender guarding on the perimeter. He is gonna be put in that same action in this game because you'll see a lot of four round one. You'll see some five out action from Virginia Tech, but this can't be a game where Carolina allows them to shoot and make you know, double digit threes because if 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 they can get to double digit three pointers, it'll it'll bring the defense out. And we know that these guards for Virginia Tech can put the ball on the floor and get to the hole. They could really start carving you up defensively. And so Carolina's rotations need to be as crisp as they've been. Their closeouts need to be as crisp as they've been. Um, and get back to contesting shots the way we saw the first month of the season from behind the three-point line. Well, the good news is is that the last two games, the reason why some of these guards have been able to score the way that they have is because of how creative they are. Nigel Pack's a guy that can you can put the ball in his hands and say, go get your own shot, create your own space. He's going to find a way to get to his spot on the floor and make a shot. Same thing with both guys that you faced the other night. That's that's what's so tough if Syracuse could ever really put it together. And we pointed it out, man. Starling has been playing a lot better here recently. And when you pair him with Mintz, those are two guys that they, they have NBA-type ability to create their own shot. Not saying that Virginia Tech doesn't have a guy like that. Padula is a guy that sort of developed that as he's gone along in his career. That's that's the guy that you got to take away in this game. But the good news is is that's the guy that you can have Seth Trimble really focus on when he's on the floor. And in the other minutes, you just hope that Elliot Cadeau, R.J. Davis, whoever you're going to put on them, can find a way to hold their own. The other guys, Hunter Couture is a catch-and-shoot th- catch three-pointer. Like that's, that's pretty much his game. Um, Tyler Nickel is a guy that is a catch-and-shoot type player. So... That's the good news is that a lot of their guys are not the shot creators that you've run into recently. But yeah, you've got to do a better job of ta- of, of guarding the three. They're going to try to screen you because they've seen ha- the difficulty that you have had at times this season of dealing with teams that screen heavily. I think that's going to be a big part of what Carolina is going to run into. It's about communication. They've got to do a better job, I think, of closing out because there were there, there were times the other night where guys were simply just left wide open. I, I think that's got to be the focus of this game. Yeah, if this team is going to beat you, 
make them beat you inside. I could live with that if they, if this is a team that somehow finds a way to take you off the bounce because we know this is a really good three-point shooting team, so don't let their, their strength be what takes you down. Last key is dominate the glass. Carolina, 10th in the country in rebounding. Virginia Tech, 323rd. They average 32.6 rebounds per game. Carolina averages uh, 41, so nearly a plus nine, you know, average margin in that category. The best way to do it is to get stops. Carolina out-rebounded Syracuse 31-23, to including grabbing 13 offensive rebounds. But when you allow a team to shoot, you know, 63% from the field, you're not getting defensive rebounds, and you're not being and you're not being able to run off of misses, push the ball up the the floor, and, and try to score before they can get back and set their defense. And so, um, you saw double double, uh, you saw double digit rebounding performances from Ingram and Baycott on their way to posting double doubles. Um, you know, and, and so the effort was there, the energy was there, um, the technique was there. You just didn't get the stops. So the biggest thing in this game is get the stops because the stats will tell you that they can't hold their own on the glass. Um, this is a game where you want to dictate tempo and play the game you want to play it because if not, Virginia Tech will slow it down, make it a half-court game, yep, um, and, and, and really minimize your ability to play out in the open floor. So if Carolina can, A, get stops, and then B, get rebounds and dictate uh, dictate pace, dictate tempo that really all feeds into the fast start we're asking for the complete first half that we're asking for and helping this team ultimately get back on track yeah and that's the thing is that yeah they averaged 32.6 rebounds per game their opponents averaged 31.3 a game which is the 18th best mark allowed in the country and that just speaks to what you're you're talking about right there they want to limit possessions. I mean, the game that they're going to play with Virginia might be one of the ugliest games in the history of the conference. Like the first one to 30 may win that game. Um, but that's the thing is they, they want to make it ugly. That's how they win games. And they, they make it ugly or their guys just get incredibly hot from beyond the arc. So, yeah, you're right. I think it, these kind of go hand in hand, these last two, because if you defend the three well – it's going to create these rebounds, and you've got the guys inside that can rebound at a high level. One of the guys that has to sort of wake back up in that area is Harrison Ingram, and I get it. He's you know there are teams here recently that like to play four out. He's had to guard on the perimeter a little bit more, but they have really missed his rebounding at times on the inside. And see, that's the thing. The numbers are still there. It's the timely rebounds when you need them to grab one. There, there were a couple of offensive rebounds late in that game against Syracuse, where you know you, you feel like during the win streak, Harrison Ingram's there to grab those types of rebounds. So hopefully he can get back to that. But yeah, if you rebound at the level that you've been rebounding since your struggles to start the year. I really do feel like it's going to be hard for Virginia Tech to overcome it because this is a game where you could legitimately have a double-digit advantage on the glass. And if you get there, I find it hard-pressed to believe, especially in your home building, that Virginia Tech will be able to walk in there and beat you. Carolina enters with an 85.1% chance to win, according to ESPN Analytics. Who wins the game and why? 
I mean, look, we, we talked about some of the things that Carolina has to do. And, I mean, I want to believe that they can do it, but I just don't know if they're able to get off to a fast start out of the gate, which I think will probably keep this game a little bit uglier. I still think that the advantage that Carolina could have on the glass, I think you'll see more chances for Carolina to be able to run. And like I said, I think they'll be able to get more defensive stops because I really don't think this team, Virginia Tech, has the shot creators that you've seen in the last two teams that you've run into. I think that'll be a, a big part of why Carolina will be able to win this game, but I do think there's a chance that it could be ugly throughout. I think Carolina you know, may be able to create a little bit of separation late, but I still think you know it's going to be a close game down the stretch. Carolina wins the game. They probably win it uh, somewhere in that 6-8 to eight point range. Yeah, look, I, I I can't be the guy that is is peaching or is preaching patience, is, is saying he's not panicking, overreacting, and then pick this team to lose at home. This team has been different at home, I know, and I, I think the, the the setback with the loss to Clemson will motivate them um, to, to not let that happen again. I do think there will be a lively crowd in the fan base, and I do think that the fans will provide a great atmosphere in the Smith Center on Saturday afternoon. I think R.J. Davis is in store for his best game in over a month. I think Armando Baycott Harrison Ingram, I think they all play at a high level because I think this team is going to understand that it, it's time to get going um, and realize that they can put this lull behind them, get back on track, and still achieve all the things we want and expect them to achieve. I think Carolina wins, and I think it'll be a game that'll be rather comfortable and a game that we'll have a lot of fun recapping on a live edition of the show Come Saturday evening. That's right. Well, that is going to wrap up this edition of the podcast, guys. Before we let you go, we do encourage you to visit the website, HeelToughBlog.com, where go back and read about the Syracuse loss if you want to. I'll be getting you ready for the Virginia Tech game um, as I continue to take you through the basketball season. Any news and notes that come out of Mac Brown's football program, Anthony has you covered. So stay, stay locked in, HeelToughBlog.com, latest Carolina basketball Tar Heel football news and notes. As for the podcast, guys, you know where to find us. Every major podcasting platform, simply search the Four Corners podcast and we will pop up. We're there. We do encourage you guys to rate, review, and subscribe. That way you don't miss any editions of the show throughout the remainder of the basketball season. Well, with that, guys, it is going to wrap up this edition of the show. Do you want to thank Anthony for hosting with me? We want to thank you guys for listening. And as always... Go Tar Heels! Guys, it just doesn't get any sweeter than that!